Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Have your Bibles? This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. <laughs> did, I, did I do it right? <laughs> I do it out of just memory, but I, did I get all three? do what it says I could do, I am what it says I am, and I have what it says I have. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to start out with the story of Peter walking on the water. Matthew 14, 22 through 31. It says this, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, which had been about between three and six in the morning, I think, Jesus went on to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. You notice how uh, Peter put Jesus in a spot. He basically trapped him in that prayer because there was nothing else Jesus could say other than come. Because Peter said, Lord, if it is you, which it was, he says, tell me to come unto thee on the water. Well, if he said uh, anything else, he wouldn't be the Lord because he says, Lord, if it be thou, if it, if it is you, bid me come, thee, come unto thee on the water, which is a good prayer. It's almost putting Jesus on the spot. And so Jesus said, all right, it is me, so I will bid you come. And he said, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I want to talk to you tonight about doubt. We uh, always talk about getting more faith and believing God and uh, concentrating on the believing part, not realizing that doubt, if you have it, is going to wipe out any belief. Uh, you see here where Peter's got his miracle. He's walking on the water. He's acting on Jesus' word. And all he had to do was just look at the wind and the waves boisterous, and he lost the whole thing. 
I just, uh, the reason why I just hesitated, because I saw Don in the back. That's awesome. Number one. Number two, it just reminds me of uh, uh, when he first started coming to Bible study. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Don, about he gave it all away. <laughs> he, uh, he read, you know, give it all away. Give everything to the Lord. And uh, he did, literally. He gave it all away, all his money. His kids came to me and said, uh, Frank, what did you do to our father? I mean, we don't even have kids. We don't even have mon enough money to buy jeans. We, we don't have nothing. And uh, I was like, Don, I mean, you know, I, you know <laughs> he took it literally, exactly what it said, had no doubt about it, and just went and acted with no doubt, zero, 100% belief in what the scripture said. Want to follow me? Give it all away. He gave it all away. Make a long story short, uh, down the road he found out he had an inheritance in California of somebody that, you know, he had not had any association with and everything else and just gave it all back and then some. Yeah. Things are up in the air now, but I mean, at, the, at that point, I mean, it's just God honored what he did. It just, it just ties into what I'm saying tonight, you know. Jesus said, uh, or God, it's, it's in Proverbs says, lean not on your own understanding. You, you, can't, you can't trust in how we think. It says, uh, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He says, if you want something, give something away in order to get it. That's not the way the world works. My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So just this little doubt stole or took from Peter his miracle. Now, if you remember Jarius, Jarius went to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, come and lay your hands on my daughter, and she'll be, she won't die. She'll live. And so Jarius had Jesus. They were walking towards his house, and then the lady with the issue of blood comes and stalls the whole thing. And um, somebody from Jarius's house comes along and says, uh, "Just forget it. Just forget it. She's died. It's over. Let it go." And Jesus, when he heard that, said. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. And when he got to the house, he put everyone else out because they were laughing at Jesus, saying, she's dead. You ain't going to do nothing now. She's dead. And they laughed at him. So he put them all out, only brought in Peter, James, and John with the parents, and then raised her from the dead. Does Jesus know a little bit about doubt? How it can steal the miracle? He said, you know what? I got to get rid of this corporate doubt. You guys get out of here. Just leave. Because you're going you're gonna to damage the whole thing. He told Jarius, Jarius, you said 
Just come, lay your hands on my daughter, and, I'll, and she'll, she'll live. Now, don't be afraid of what they said. Only believe. Remember Peter's miracle? He just looked at the wind and the waves boisterous. He began to doubt. Is it any wonder why anybody ever gets anything from God? Think about it. You could believe. That's fine. There's a lot of believers, and we preach believing. But we don't preach against doubt. Matthew 17, 15 through 25 said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. And sore vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and oftentimes into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Now remember, Jesus uh, gave them authority two by two and says, Go into every village, cast out demons, heal the sick, and so on and so forth. He told them they had the power. And he brought them to their disciples, and they could not cure him. And he says, oh, faithless and perverse generations. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Because of your doubt. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. It was their unbelief. This particular demon threw the boy and laid on the ground, acted as if the kid was dead. And I'm sure that this demon didn't come out very quickly like the other ones did. So they were looking at the circumstances and I believe they started to doubt. And Jesus says, because of your unbelief. Now, did they believe? Yeah, they believed, but they also had unbelief. They also had doubt. There was a story that Kenneth Hagin uh, tells. Jesus told him, look, when you feel this power go through your hands, You'll lay hands on the sick person and they'll be healed. So this guy comes up, he had a bad back, and he says, he put his hands on him and he felt the power jump from hand to hand. He says, all right, go ahead. Bend down and see if you can touch your toes. And the guy tried to bend and he couldn't bend. And so uh, Jesus appears while Kenneth Hagin's on stage, and he, sees G and he sees Kenneth Hagin, he says, I told you when you feel the power jump from one hand to the next, the person would be healed. And Kenneth Hagin said, I uh, tried that, and uh, it didn't work. So he comes up, and he says, all right. Prayed it for him again, felt the power go through his hands. He goes, all right, now bend over and see if you can touch your toes. Didn't work. Now, Jesus appeared to him again, and he had fire in his eyes like lightning. And he says, I told you 
that when you feel the power jump from hand to hand, the person would be healed. And Kenneth Hagin said, I tried that and it didn't work. And, I, and then uh, Jesus says, but I said it would. And then he disappeared. So Kenneth Hagin comes, get up over here. <laughs> Got the guy again, prayed for him again. He goes, now bend down and touch your toes. And the guy was able to bend down and touch his toes. And he realized that the first two times, he said, bend down and see if you could touch your toes. The third time, he didn't say the if. He said, bend down and touch your toes. Smith Wigglesworth tells a story about a woman who was crippled. And they brought her up front. And, and he told two guys, he says, uh, pick her up. And she could hardly stand, and he goes, now let her go. <laughs> the lady just falls right to the ground, hits the ground. And uh, he goes, pick her up. And the two guys pick her up. And he goes, now let her go. And she fell right to the ground again. And Smith Wigglesworth says, pick her up. And one guy gets up and he says, uh, leave her alone, you brute. He goes, she's already fallen down twice. He goes, you be quiet, he goes. I know my business. He goes, let her go. And the third time when he let her go, she walked perfectly fine. She was totally healed. You see? That guy doubted. That guy wasn't sure it was going to work. Wigglesworth was sure it was going to work. In fact, he'd say in the congregation, he goes, bring me the worst case. Bring me the worst case. I want the worst case out here. Bring me the most sick person you got. Bring him up. He said, I know my business. Norville Hayes told his story about uh, how he was praying for his daughter and she had the warts all over her body. And uh, finally, after two weeks of just crying out to God, God just took him to heaven. And, Norval, and God said to Norval, he says, how long are you going to put up with those warts? He goes, I've been praying for 10, 15 years for those warts to disappear. And he goes, uh, and God said to him, he goes, you're the head of your house. And when he said it, Norval got complete revelation that he was the head of his house. He goes, now go down there, curse those things, command them to die, and they'll disappear. And as he was descending from heaven, he heard the words, he says, but don't doubt, son. Don't doubt. Whatever you do, don't doubt. It's fine and dandy. You went to heaven. It's fine and dandy. He told you to curse him. But if you doubt, it ain't going to work. It isn't going to work. You say, well, that's not fair. You know, that's, that's you know, I, I've been believing and I've been trusting and I've been walking uh, you know, every once in a while I doubt and I say the wrong things and this and that. Yeah, well, guess what? The wind and the waves boisterous cause you to sink. Anyway, he went on for 35 days before anything happened. Think about that. 35 days. I've been to heaven. He told me to curse those things, command them to die. And for 35 days, nothing happens. Nothing. 
other than him just coming right at it, coming right at it, coming right at it, coming right at it, and doubt and doubting not a thing. And on the 36th day, I believe he lost eight warts, and then on the 40th day, all of them disappeared. And his daughter came around like the 20th day and said, Daddy, she goes, you know, I count my warts every day, and I, I don't see anything happening, Daddy. I see you walk on the floor and commanding them to die and disappear. She said, Daddy, I think you're going crazy. I think you've lost your mind. I think you've lost your mind, Daddy. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. That's just God's way of doing things. That's just the way it works. You got to get in line in, in, in how he says to do it. Say, well, I'm going to get saved because I'm a good person. No, you're not going to get saved because you're a good person. If I told you to come to my house, I'll give you $500 if you, if you paint the house, if you paint the house. And you go over there and do the landscaping. Say, all right, I want my $500. I didn't tell you I'd give you $500 if you landscape. I told you $500 if you paint. I told you it works if you say it and doubt not in your heart. Romans 4, 17 through 21. Here's uh, Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before, whom, before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. You know, for 24 years, he had the promise and it didn't work. He obviously doubted God because he went and slept with his handmaiden there. Produced Ishmael. But there came a point where he considered not his body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider the fact that she's gone too. She couldn't have a baby. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. See, you stagger. When you have unbelief, when you have doubt, you stagger. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. That little word fully is there for a reason. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Fully persuaded. Mark eleven twenty three says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Now why did he throw that in there? Just for kicks? Just to throw in? No. No. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. You know, Kenneth Hagin was on his bed. He was, uh, here he is, a young kid. Think about this. He's, he's a young kid. He's 17 years old. Never really played like the other kids. He was sick and so on and so forth. 
And then he became fully paralyzed. And he couldn't read the Bible every day. He had to like wait till he got the strength in the morning and then he'd sort of scoot the pages aside and you know. And he'd meditate on it all day long. Think about it. And he said, I prayed to God every day, he goes. He goes, if you don't think 16 months is a long time sitting on a bed, he goes, you ought to try it sometime. <laughs> you, ought to stay, you ought to try staying in bed for 16 months. He says, I was like a prisoner. It was like a prison. And he said, I prayed every day. I prayed and cried, cried and prayed, prayed and cried, cried and prayed, prayed and cried, cried and prayed, prayed and cried. 16 months. Nothing. At the end of the 16 months, he came down and said, you know what, God, I got, I got to tell you, with all due respect, if you were standing right here at the end of my bed looking at me, and you said I didn't believe, I'd have to say, Jesus, you're a liar. I do believe. Yeah, he says, yeah, you do believe as far as you know. And he said, wait a second, I got to get more knowledge. He goes, there's something, there's something I'm missing here. There's something I'm missing here. And the scripture that he was counting on was Mark 11, 24. It says, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you have received and you'll have it. He said the last part of that clause goes with the believing. Believe you have received. He says, oh, I see. I see where I'm missing it. I'm believing, okay. Yeah, I'm believing. But I'm, I'm missing the receiving part. Believe you have received and you shall have it. And that's when he started going crazy. I believe I receive. I believe I have it. I believe I receive. And it was only a matter of hours and he was off that bed. God has a way of doing things. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you may not agree. Say, you know what? I, I'm going to get a thousand people. You get those people on Facebook. Everybody pray for me. Or everybody pray for my relative. Then I'll be healed. What scripture are you relying on? Did he say that if you get a thousand people to pray for you, you'll be healed? Where is it? Show me. You get a bunch of people praying and believe they receive and agree together and they're basing it on the scripture, then maybe you got something. But if you got your own way of coming up with God to perform your miracle for you, you know, you see these people on a deal or no on. Deal or no deal. Oh, you're a good person. You're a good person. So therefore, you know, that case that you're going to open up, you're going to win. That case don't care if you're a good person or a bad person. I don't know if you ever watched Deal or No Deal. It's, it's irrelevant whether you're good or bad or whatever. How about you walk off a building? You say, you know what? You're a good person. You're not going to fall and get hurt. It won't. It, it, you'll, you'll just be fine because you're a good person. You walk off that building, you're going to smack your head wide open. There are laws of faith, and they're going to work. And you see really, really good people who really, really do good things all the time, never receiving a thing, and then you see some heathen come along just believing it, and bam, it works. Actions 
speak louder than words. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. You can see from what she did, she had no doubt. She's going into this mass of people. She's bleeding. She's supposed to be unclean. She gets caught. She's going to get stoned. She says, you know what? I don't care. I know that if I can get to the hem of his robe, I'll be healed. My blood will be, will be uh, done. I'll, have, I'll be done with my problem. No doubt. Zero. If I do that, I'll be healed. Didn't care. The Syrophoenician woman comes to Jesus, gets, wants the uh, spirit cast out of her daughter. He called her a dog. Get out of here. The disciples said, get rid of this woman. She's bothering us. He says, it's not right for us, for me to take the children's bread and give it to you. Give it to the dogs. You know what she says? I don't care. I don't care if you call me a dog. <laughs> Even the dogs eat the crumbs off the master's table. I'll take the crumbs. My daughter is got a bad spirit and I know you can heal her. I need you and I know you can do it and I don't care what you call me, I'm coming and I ain't gonna stop. The first time she comes and cries, the second time she gets on her knees, gets down on her face, starts worshiping him. And he says, you know what? Oh woman, great is thy faith. Man, you just turned me on. You want to turn God on? It's faith. Says it in Hebrews. It's impossible to please God without faith. That's what turns God on. You can do all the good deeds you want. You can do all the good deeds you want, be all nicey-nice. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's Bible. Okay? You can walk a, like a perfectly religious life, do all the religious things, but God is interested in faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In the Greek, that means seek him early. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Again, our ways are not his ways. In this world, you do a lot of nice things for a lot of nice people. They'll be like, you know what? He's a nice person. He's a good person. You know how you want to do great things for God? Operate in faith. And you'll just turn him on. He says, oh, woman, man, great is thy faith. The centurion said, don't come to my house. I don't need you to come. Just say the word. My servant will be healed. I know it. Just, just say the word. And he says, I haven't found this great a faith in all of Israel. This guy just turns me on. You think it's just by accident? They're still in the Bible and, and, and God honors them to this day? Just from faith. You know, the Israelites in the promised land, 
He says, listen, I give you, I've given you the land. I'm going to have an angel go before you. They went out to spies. They checked out the land. They come back. We can't take the land. They believed, and then they had doubt. And guess what? None of them got in. None of them. You're talking about millions and millions of people. And God says, guess what? None of you are getting in. Zero. Only Caleb and Joshua. That's it. The only two that didn't have any doubt, they're going in. God's ways are not our ways, and he's not going to bend them to accommodate you. Otherwise, he makes you God. God, I'll tell you the rules on how I'm going to receive, how I'm not going to receive, how things get done, how things not get done, and then you comply with it. No. They started crying. Ah, we can't take the land. You get pity. I don't know how this is going to be done. This, uh, I, that, there's no way, man. There's no way. Guess what? It's, it's over for you. Just forget it. Just don't even mess around. Don't, don't even play. You're not going to get nothing from God. You're wasting your time. You get into pity, you're wasting your time. There was a story of a guy whose, whose uh, granddaughter died. He got home, and the wife comes up and says, you know, our granddaughter drowned, and she died, and blah, blah, blah. He didn't get into pity. You know what he said? I've got tithers' rights. I tithe. And you said you rebuked the enemy for my sake, and I commanded to, uh, command, him to, uh, command Satan to take his hands off my granddaughter now. And I commanded, I got tithers' rights. And the daughter, boom, popped right back up. She was drowned. She was dead. They called the ambulance and everything. And when he said it, the girl just came right back. He rebuked the devourers uh, for, for, for his sake. It says it in Malachi. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Why? Because he believed in the tithing, believed in what the word said. He tithed based on what he believed. And, he, and also there goes a, there's a tither's promises that go with it. And the girl popped right back. Andrew Womack tells a story about how his son died. When they told him he was dead, he said, no, you're not going to be dead. It's not a problem here. He didn't get into pity. He didn't start crying. He didn't start anything. He went over to the morgue and just raised him from the dead. Brought him right back. There was a guy, Mike Cervello told me a story about a guy who read in the Bible that if someone's sick, you know, uh, anoint him with oil and prayer of faith save the sick. And uh, it was the first time he had read it. And so he went to a relative who was in the hospital. And um, Mike's telling me the story. And he says, uh, so he, uh, he put the oil on her head. He said, what the heck's what's going on here? She's not getting up. He goes, must be she needs the whole bottle. So he poured the whole bottle on. As he, as he was telling me the story, I go, she's got to be healed. She's not. She's got to be healed now. And he goes, that's exactly what happened. He goes, she popped right back up. It's because the guy believed so much that he was like, I'm doing something wrong. I must put, I got to put the whole bottle on. You know, it wasn't like he was, there was not an issue of whether or not this word's going to work. It's an issue of maybe I'm doing something wrong. You know, anoint the person with oil. Yeah, I got to put the whole oil, I put the whole bottle on her. But he was halfway through her story and I was like, it's got to work. 
It's faith. You can see it. See, you can see it. Actions speak louder words. You know in the faith, you can see it. When there's people like cutting down the roof and lowering the person, Jesus says, I can see their faith. I can see, they don't doubt at all. They're trying to get in here no matter what. They're going to tear the roof down. And when he saw their faith, he healed the guy. Jesus heard about Lazarus being sick. He says, this sickness is not unto death. And they came and told him, you know, Lazarus died, blah, blah, blah. No. This sickness is not unto death. Period. Even me getting prayed for at the church. I only tout my own horn, but I mean, hey, all I needed was elders oil and a prayer of faith. They were sitting there worshiping, singing. I could care less what they were preaching. I don't care less what they were singing. All I wanted was elders, oil, and the prayer of faith. And when I got all three, I got my miracle. Because I said, well, if that tongues thing worked, this has got to work. This is my answer. I got it. I didn't care if uh, it was Mike Cervell. I don't know, even know Mike Cervell. I didn't care if it was some anointed person. I, didn't care. I just wanted elders. They could have been the worst bunch of elders you ever saw in your life but I didn't care as long as I got elders as long as I got oil when I saw that oil is a Filippo Barrio olive oil you see in a grocery store I go what I was like mortified I was like what the heck is this you know in Catholic Church we got the nice little bottle with the cross I was like all right it's his oil and there was only two elders there I'm like two just two I was thinking there'd be a whole group you know like a nice little ribbon that said elders that's what I was picturing in my mind I was like, well, okay, says elders, there's oil. All right, here we go with this prayer of faith. You ready? Here we go. As soon as he said that prayer of faith, bam. I was out on the ground, couldn't move. You said, move my finger, I'll give you a million dollars. Couldn't do it. I had no control over my own body. Laughing, something was laughing through my mouth. No control. You just can't treat this lightly. God has rules. How faith works and how to receive. You know, Norval tells us another story about the kid who's had a million to one shot to live, you know. He's in the hospital. Does God want that person to be healed? Think about that. Does he want that person to be healed? If we being evil know how to give good gifts onto our children, how much more does the father love, love that kid? But the kid's not going to get healed. And if the kid doesn't have knowledge, if the kid doesn't know how to receive God's way, he ain't going to receive. He ain't going to get it. So Norval goes up there and praying, and, and, you know, and as he's coming out of the hospital room, the Holy Spirit whispers to him and says, Mark 11.23 would heal that person if they applied it. He turns around and he goes right back to the woman. He says, now listen here. I just heard God say, Mark eleven twenty three would heal your husband if, if you apply it. Now I want you to say, Jesus said you can have what you say and doubt not. I want you to say over and over, my husband will live and not die. My husband will live and not die. My husband will live and not die. Jesus said I can have what I say and I say my husband will live and not die. And she went on and on. On and on. This guy had a million to one shot to live. Two or three days of that, 
and not much happened. Think about that. You've been two, three days, nothing happens. Figure, well, that's it. No, she stayed right with it. After about two, three days, he started, his breathing started to get a little better. Because he, he, he breathed every once in a while. He went, That's how he breathed. And the gap was starting to get shorter and shorter. After about two weeks of her saying it, he started to breathe normal. And after about a month of her saying it, he, he completely walked out of that hospital. And Norval Hayes went to the church about six months later, and uh, the guy came up. He didn't, Norval didn't even recognize him. He said, uh, I just want to say, he goes, you know, I had a million to one shot to live. I was in the hospital. And he goes, and this man taught my wife how to pray. And this is why I'm here right now. You do it God's way or you ain't getting it. End of story. If that woman didn't apply it, that kid would be dead. Period. John Osteen talks about his sister. She thought that, you know, she went to a Baptist church. They didn't believe in healing. And she thought she was being sick for the glory of God. And he went in there one day, and he talked to his sister, and he goes, look, that's not God, that's the devil. You're not getting, God's not getting any glory out of your sickness. And when he taught her, and she realized it was the devil, she turned around that day, started believing God for her healing, and was healed. But what if he don't go? What if that person, what if, what if Osteen's sister believes the wrong thing and follows it? You're dead. What if you believe that you could be good and go to heaven? You're going to go to hell. Norval wanted to know, how come my mother died? I want to know how come my mother died when he talked to Jesus one day. How come my mother died? He says, because your mother went to a church where they didn't preach healing. So that's why she died. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But if you want something from God, you better align your thoughts and ways with God. How could two walk together unless they be agreed? You got to get in line with what God said, and God says there can be no doubt, period. Period. Follow it and be delivered. Don't follow it, and you won't be delivered, no matter how much you believe. Jesus in his own hometown. This is Jesus, anointed with the Spirit beyond measure. And he could not do no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Peter lost it with just a look in the other direction. Abraham had to wait 25 years till he became fully convinced. We got the believing part down. Don't doubt. Period. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word. 
and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.